The world's obsession with the Banishings is still in full force, and since we have no answers from our supposed leaders, that's not really a surprise. And while the immediate panic and acute terror may have passed, I don't think anyone can say that the world is not a completely different place now. In the past six months, we've seen a dramatic, even shocking increase in virtually every metric of human depravity. Compared to the same time last year, murders are up by more than 300%, and suicides are up nearly 1,000%. Violent crime, assault, rape, robbery, vandalism, looting, rioting, they're all shattering records. And mental health experts are telling us that the worst is yet to come. I have with me tonight Dr. Ruby Kincaid, who is leading the multinational investigation into what many are now calling a pandemic of evil. Doctor, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. So I guess we should just get right to the heart of the matter. What's going on? In the case of the vanishings, there's simply no historical knowledge to draw on. So people are triggered into a prolonged fight or flight reaction. Uh, there is anger, fear, mistrust, retaliation. Those are powerful emotions and they need an outlet. So do you think world leaders and our own government as well should be doing a better job at helping us understand exactly what's happening. I mean, I know we have no idea where those people went, but telling everyone to stay at home, stop asking so many questions, I mean, that can't likely be helping. Uh, I think the root cause is not the lack of clear information, but the abundance of misinformation. Mm. Our leaders need to do more to stop people from coming up with conspiracy theories. So, ignorance is bliss. Uh, protecting people from dangerous ideas isn't making them ignorant. We need to make it our priority to keep people safe. Does that sound familiar? How many people remember COVID just a few years ago? Can't talk too much about that or we'll get kicked off the internet. So this is interesting, uh, this film, and if you're not familiar with the Left Behind series, uh, this is a series talking about the, uh, the rapture, the end time rapture. And whether you believe that we'll be raptured up, taken up to be with God before these this seven years of uh, terrible things comes forward or if we're raptured later, this film does a really good job of explaining or, or expressing how our media, how our world will try to explain that away. And it's interesting that the, the, the movie is so good because as I'm watching these things play out and I'm watching on the film, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching people uh, get their, their social media accounts closed because they dare to say that this vanishing is the rapture and they dare to talk about God. And they get locked out of social media. And the film talks about a one-world government. It talks about a one-world currency, which if we are to study in Revelation and other books in the Bible, this is foretold to happen to us. This film puts it in perspective. But I don't want this film to scare us. I want this film to ready us for us to be prepared. The film executes this well, and it helps as a way for us to prepare the church for the church to prepare you. So the next three weeks, this being week one, uh, we're studying on Listen Up. If we can, let's go to James chapter one, 
And we're going to read 19 through 27. Listen up. And we're going to talk about listening and hearing this morning. And there's a difference between listening and hearing this morning. Well, not just this morning. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but, what, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I really, really like what, we share, what, what is being shared here, what James is teaching. And it says, it says, look, it says, look intently at the perfect law. Now, we know that the law is perfect, but we also know the reason for Jesus' is coming from the separate the Old Testament from the New Testament. We understand that the law is perfect, but we are not designed, uh, or we are not perfect people. The only pers- perfect, perfect person to walk the earth is Jesus. So it's not telling us that we're supposed to live by and walk by this law and execute it perfectly. It says look intently to the perfect law. Even though we can't meet God's standards by our own actions, it's telling us to look intently. Which incidentally is why Jesus said, I come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So we listen to those Ten Commandments, to the other commandments. We listen, we learn, we listen, not just hear. Because you can hear me talking, but if you're listening to me, you understand that the more intently we follow and we study the Bible, the more God speaks to us, and the more we really understand what grace is through salvation. And that grace doesn't end with salvation. There's a couple of levels of listening that I want to talk about, and one is listening to the world around us, listening to what our, ne- our news, our media is saying, and weighing that up against Scripture. How do we know that we're not being deceived? What if, what if the rapture does happen after all of this turmoil happens? That means that we would have to sit through all of this stuff happening and try to understand and try to decipher, okay, what's of the Lord and what's of the devil? Because the devil, the Antichrist, is coming. Now, me personally, this called pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, I, I believe, I feel that we will be raptured before all this bad stuff happens. I feel that. I, I, I can't, uh, there's, there's teachings both ways. But I would like to know that my God loves me enough that if I am a believer and I've accepted Jesus into my heart, he's going to spare us from the torture the world the devil is going to throw at us during this this time of tribulation. But we have to be ready. We've heard of the mark of the beast. 
Now we see that people are putting microchips in people as they go into work, and you can only get into the door of your work if you scan your wrist. Is that the mark of the beast? I have no idea, but you're not putting a microchip inside of me. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it ain't of the Lord, okay? You know what God made for me? A doorknob. If I can turn it and get in, I'm going to work. If you want me to put a microchip in me, it's not going to happen. Again, I'm not saying that's the mark of the beast. If there's somebody sitting here with a microchip, just we're going to feed you too. All right? And we're going to love you too. Right? But we're listening to the world around us. And we're also supposed to be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Detroit has a record of making some of the most incredible cars in the world. Absolutely incredible vehicles just using, even before, even before the, com uh, the computer age was really prevalent. I mean, putting a man inside of a vehicle and allowing him to go 100 miles an hour or something that's, absolute, that's been absolutely unheard of. Well, God is the architect of humanity and just as Detroit can build some really good cars, God built some really good humans. There's safety features in cars that keep us safe. As humans, God built us with things. So if we don't quite understand our instruction manual, if we don't quite understand the Bible, if we're still trying to learn, He still built us, built our body in such a way that we are still prepared for what comes. And what do I mean by this? You ever heard the phrase that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason? We should listen twice as much as we speak, right? God built, God gave us two ears for that purpose. We listen. The wise man listens. I have a confession to make. I'm preaching to you right now, and apparently I'm not a wise man because sometimes my mouth will write a check that the rest of me can't cash. Sometimes we say things in the moment, we get heated. As a matter of fact, if you look at our Facebook page, you'll see some reviews talking about how bad Pastor Jade is. I, heard, I overheard a group of people bullying someone else, and I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. And I stood up for those persons, for that, for that person. And in exchange, they... They uh, ran a thing against me. They found out I was the pastor of the church, and they went on the church page, and they didn't recommend court. And they said all of these things. You know whose fault that was? That was my fault. I wanted to protect this person from being bullied, but I could listen more than I speak, and I spoke out of emotion without really considering the things that I said or did. Now, I didn't. I didn't do anything bad, except I just said things that people didn't want to hear. And no matter how I justify doing that, the fact is, my actions penalize the church. So as we do things in life, as we are to protect ourselves in life, let's, let's listen more than we speak. Let's be slow to anger. Amen? By the way, if you're on Facebook, would you please uh, uh, recommend our Facebook page? So... So we can cover up all of these bad comments about Pastor Jade? I would appreciate that. <laughs> now, if we continue in James chapter 1, chapter one we're going to go to 26 and 27. If you continue there, and this is what I really like, because you know I'm really big on relationship over religion. 
James 26, 126. Those who consider themselves religious yet do not uh, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceives themselves and their religion is worthless. Let me read that again. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, they deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There's a fine separation between religion and relationship. And if we were to look at to true religion, we look at religion that cares for one another, that lifts other people up, that is slow to speak and quick to listen. Not just hear, but to listen. The second thing is we want to read and listen to God's word. Now, why? We have all of this happening in the world. We see this film that we're going to go watch together, but then you but, but we also see the things happening in the world right now. That clip can be hair-raising if you just think about what happened a few years ago. How what in the world are we doing where we're muting the president of the United States from the largest tech platform in the world? This is just the beginning of what could happen to us. So it's scary, right? Well, then how do I know what to listen? How do I know what's from God or what's from the world? It can sound so convincing. This lady on the screen, this lady on the interview, if you don't really think about it, she seems to make a lot of sense. And that's what the enemy does. The enemy uses a lie and make it so close to walk in line with the truth that if you're not weary of it, if you're not concerned, or if you don't pay attention, or if you don't listen, we could be we could fall into the trap of the enemy. So how do we do that? Well, we read and listen to God's word. Now that sounds like a cop-out, but it's not. Okay, how do I know that the devil's doing things? Read the Bible. How do I get healing? Read the Bible. It sounds like a very common thing, but it's not. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. We have to realize a few things and realize why we continue to point to the Bible. Any pastor that doesn't preach from the Bible is not a pastor. Everything that we teach, everything that we read, everything that we express, it should be rooted deeply within Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Again, how will we know? There's so much happening. We take solace in Scripture, all right? I'm going to read a few more verses back to back so you can kind of begin to understand something here. Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Moving through to Hebrews 13. Verses 5 and 6, I'll skip down. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And my absolute favorite scripture in this regard comes from Ephesians. Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We talked in the past about the infinite game. That games are balanced, baseball games are balanced when both teams know the rules, both teams are on even footing. But then when you have a finite player versus an infinite player, there's an out of balance. There's no way that one team can come to a sure victory, no matter how hard they fight. So remember this as we're taking a step out and we're being conscious of what we're hearing on the news, on social media, on our computers. Take what is being said and weigh that against the Word of God. If you don't think you're smart enough to understand it or to grasp it, that's quite all right. Because as we read in Scripture, we don't have to know the answers. We just have to seek the truth. And the more we read Scripture, the more we read the Word of God. And as James says, the more we take action off of what we read, off of what we hear, as we do things based in faith, then God will begin to reveal these things to us. Not to jump ahead, but in week three, there's a totally unprepared gentleman that's about to step into something that would completely gobble him up and eat him alive. But because of his faith, God gave him a supernatural understanding that this is an evil thing and evil things are happening. We are not facing someone in the same field that we're in. We're not on the same plane. We're facing someone that's of a supernatural manner. That is a good thing because that means that we don't have to depend on our own strength to win this battle. Fear not, says the Lord. So what do we do to prepare ourselves for what the world is throwing at us, whether it be the time of the tribulation or whether it be right now? You weigh it against Scripture, and then you give God the opportunity to show it to you. Amen? This is a good thing. And lastly, we want to listen carefully to those we look up to. Listen carefully to those we look up to. And now that's a double-edged sword. The biggest mistake you can make, the biggest mistake you can make is look to me as your pastor and think I have all the answers all the time. When I first started going to church, as I was not raised in church, when I first started going to church, there was this really charismatic man. His name was Brian. I won't say his last name. Extremely charismatic. He was a great, great youth pastor. And I thought, man, this guy is the coolest and I wanted to come to church every single Wednesday and Sunday because I'd get to hear this guy talk. Now the problem is I was hearing what he was saying, but I wasn't listening. And I built a friendship so close to this guy that nothing he could do was wrong, except he did something very wrong. At some point, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a baby Christian at this time. I'm still a baby Christian. I'm a baby Christian at this time. And, he, and uh, he did something so terrible that it drove me away from church for three years. This man that I looked up to cheated on his wife. Stood up to the front of the church, 
announced that he was unfaithful to his wife and stepped down. I was looking to the man, not to Jesus. His actions devastated me. I'm going to tell you right now, in our relationship, church, at some point, in some way, I won't be able to help it, but I'm going to let you down. Because I'm not perfect. But we know who is. I very much look up to Dallas. And when he calls me, I very much, many times, I'll stop what I'm doing just to have a conversation with him. I look at Dallas as a brother and a mentor and a friend. But I don't look to Dallas the way that I look to Jesus. Look at your friends. Give your friends that, that reverence, that love, but still listen. Don't let them be the mouthpiece to help you stumble or to make you stumble. Pastors are not perfect. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. We look through this. We don't necessarily look over it, but we look through this and we look to Jesus. There's our difference between hearing and listening. Matthew 7, 5 through 17. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferociously wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but bad tree bears bad fruit. I'm not, telling to, I'm not telling you to look at people through the eyes or they, if they are or not false prophets, but what I will tell you is the people that you surround themselves with, you can judge them by their fruits. Good people make good things happen. Do good people make mistakes? Absolutely. But in your circles and in the people that you see on TV, look for that fruit. Listen. Listen at what they're doing, sometimes listen beyond what they're saying. Now in closing, I want to read a passage that's not in Scripture. But it's very much important that we listen. Listen to what's coming over the next few months. I encourage you to keep coming to service because it's only, only getting better. The best this year has yet to come, and I can tell you that you are in for an incredible, incredible ride if you take this with us. Let me read this to you. The masked man stood at the foot of their bed and trained his gun on them. With a disturbing calm, he asked, Where is your God now? On a quiet Tuesday morning outside a small town in rural Illinois, when most people were just waking up to start their day, the unthinkable happened. A man wearing a black mask and holding a loaded gun abducted two regular people from their home, blindfolded and forced into the trunk of a car. It was a nightmare right out of Hollywood, except this was no movie. As a matter of fact... This happened to a family member of someone sitting in this church among you right now. A couple got abducted from their home and kidnapped. And God freed them to share a message. I very much look forward to having them come down this next month. And you're going to learn more about it. But they wrote a book 
called Rescued for a Reason. And they're going to share with you the miracles of God and what happened to free them because they were sure to death. Now, why am I talking about this now instead of a few weeks before they come? I don't know what position they were in. I don't know if the signs were obvious enough for them to hear. But I wonder when we listen, I wonder if we can hear these warning signs of the things happening around us. What I can say and I want to save the rest for when they come, what I can say is the very person that kidnapped them and had every intention on killing them dead was a longtime friend of theirs that had known them for a long time. They will be here in February, and we're going to have a special time, and I would encourage you to come for that. But in the meantime, be careful with Linda. She seems really sweet, but you never know. My mission this year is to help you listen. I'm kidding. Linda's an angel. My mission this year is to help you listen. Because God has miracles and God is knocking at your door. But if I were to write you a check, that check is useless unless you receive it. I want you to hear so you can receive it. We have a lot of things coming up this year. But let me help you listen. As the praise team comes up, I want to share a wish for this church. And I want you to come. We're going to have fellowship. We're going to break bread together. But I want to share what I want to do. Because all of this year is going to build up to something really, really incredible. And I don't mean by things that we're going to do, because the things that we are going to do together is going to be incredible. But it's going to build up to something even better, something greater than you can imagine sitting there right now. I want to be so bold is to invite members of this church, who of you that can, but at the end of this year, I would like for us to walk where Jesus walked, to sleep in the town where Jesus slept. I am reaching out to my contacts. We've been doing this for a couple of weeks, but now it's coming more of a reality. I would like for you to join me towards the end of this year on a trip to Jerusalem. Let's see the Dead Sea. Let's put, let's put our feet in the sand where Jesus walked. Now I need you to come see me during lunch if you're interested in coming. Because it, it's not an inexpensive thing. Your plane ticket will be about seventeen hundred bucks. And then you gotta you know, then you gotta have a place to stay while you're there, and then there's gonna be people there that are gonna give us a tour and walk through the Holy Land with us. So it is a financial investment, and I don't want to overstretch anybody here, but what I can tell you is something happens when you're there that changes you. There's been a few. Bob has been before. There's something about reading about Jesus, and then there's something about walking in the footsteps of Jesus. It's easy to see Jesus as a story. We believe in him. I have faith. It's easy to see, as, see him as, as, as a person in a body of writing. But when we go out to Israel, when we go into Jerusalem, something incredible and miraculous happens. So I want for us as the church to consider to do that. Again, it won't be for everybody. But even if you have trouble walking or getting around, I know people. This is going to be a very comfortable trip because I want us to focus on why we're there. Come see me at lunch. 
if you want to go to Jerusalem with us this year. But really, pray about it. If you have just a thought that, hey, I would kind of would like to come, come see me. Because I kind of need to give some numbers out to the people that I'm talking with. I'm trying to drive the price way down for us. I, I wish that everyone could afford to come. I really do. And, I, and I'll be saving money to go myself. The church isn't paying for Jade to come. Jade's paying for himself. This is an incredible thing. This is an incredible year. I'm going to do my best this year to illustrate what God has shown me for people in this church. We will have people pass away. I have the honor of doing a funeral tomorrow with a man that I wish I would have had time to really get to know. But we're also going to have a time of miracles and we're going to have a time of healing. Someone's going to get married this year. I wish you could see what I see for this church. But if you, if you want something for yourself, you don't have to come to the altar. No, the altar is always open. But if you, want, if you need something for yourself, if you have a prayer that needs to be met, this isn't some general altar call. I'm not just saying, hey, come, come before the Lord with your problems. I'm saying be specific. Because if you think we can listen, imagine imagine how much our Father in Heaven listens to us. I wish I could show you what I see for this church. And I can only express the miracles that I've seen blind people see. I've seen crippled people walk. And that's not reserved for Africa. That's for right here. This could be Court Methodist Church. No matter what ailment you have, God wants you to live your fullest life. As we sing the closing song tonight, I just want to encourage you you're welcome to join me at the altar. You're welcome to pray right there where you are. But I want to ask you to take this bold step this year. Make a commitment to come to church. I'm not saying coming to church makes you a Christian any more than I'm saying going to Subway makes me a tasty sandwich. But what I am saying is that if, if you want to listen and if you want to grow closer to God, be around people that lift you up. Be around people that speak into your life. Follow our Facebook page. There's going to be some really great things happening. You're going to see a lot more people than just me on there. I wish I could show you what I see. But I'm so happy that I have the chance to walk this journey with you. We're going to close in song, and then we'll close in prayer, and we'll break bread together.
Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this congregation. Thank you for this church. Lord, thank you for putting me on this path to get to walk alongside so many of these people. In Jesus' name, keep me humble and keep me in a place. Put me in a place to where I become their servant. Lord, my heart is to serve this church. Help me do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, I ask that you bless this food. May this food be a nourishment to our body as you nourish our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Be with them this week. Amen. Hey, don't forget, there's a... All right. Don't forget, there's a sign-up sheets in the back. We're going to have a spaghetti dinner and a, and a, a gospel concert on Friday. Sign up for that. It's free. And, uh, and, of course, for the movie as well. We're dismissed. I hope to get to break bread with y'all. Amen. Thanks, Jules. Tins are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. God, we believe. I guess we can see that wonders are still working through. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here. Set our hearts.
Oh, my God. 